um, to manage the post show. It's just like you prepped. This is what I tell myself. You prepped, you can off season. Like (laughs) you can, if you prepped, you can off season. So don't be a bitch. Just do it. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Overall Package Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Allison and Gabby. So how was your guys' week this week? Good. <laughs> yeah? Good for me. How, how, how about you, Gabby? It was really nice. I, um, I went to visit my family on the island and yeah, just had some like really quality family time and that involves like hiking and like doing stuff in nature and not training as much but that's okay (laughs) it's thanksgiving if there's anyone from the states tuning in it's canadian thanksgiving last weekend so yeah that's right we we kind of celebrate american thanksgiving too so you know oh nice are you american at all gabby oh no i just like football and turkey (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I'm in Vancouver right now. I'm so excited. I am going for a boob job tomorrow. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. Like every time I talk about it, my heart just like pounds on my chest. I can't believe it's tomorrow. We've been talking about it for like months. So I know it actually happened like pretty quickly by the time, like from the time I booked my consultation to now. Yeah, it was really fast. Maybe like a month and a half, was it? Maybe two two months at the most. So I'm so excited. That's so good. Yeah. 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 I had a good good week too. Um, One week ago, I had a client um, step on stage at the Van City Open Showdown. And then I had another client step on stage at Canadian Nationals. as well in bikini and wellness and yeah we're we're just going to do a little recap on the open bikini as well from, from I just also want to say I want to give my client also a shout out she, oh, yeah. um at the van open as well and it was her very very first show and she placed third so I'm very excited oh, yeah. she wasn't my client sorry she was my opposing client so nice yeah, yeah. how did your clients do Allison did they have such um, a good time? They had such a good time. Yeah, they they did such a great job. One of them, um, it was her first show ever. And so she didn't make it to the podium, but she she seriously kicked ass. Like I've never seen a beginner with that level of presentation before. Um, it, so that was amazing. I was just blown away at her entire prep and her entire journey. I mean, she a few years ago, she was 300 pounds. And so like she lost 194 pounds. It's like she, serious? I'm serious it was in uh, like and uh, I mean you saw a picture of her you'd never know she I did not I know I would have I, never guessed that yeah wow, huge 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 shout out to Mackenzie she's incredible um and my other client Carla who just did the nationals we actually just got together for peak week so we had chatted a little bit about working together in the future um and then when it came to peak week she just needed a little bit more guidance and Another thing too, was that she wanted to do a peak week with me to, if we're going to work together in the future, so I can just see how her body responds and everything. So, um, she had done the Van City showdown as well the week before, and then 
for we sort of touched base there and said hi and then for national she said actually my peak week I'm like ah okay so but it went really well like it was a it was an amazing peak week like um her body responded perfectly um everything went smoothly and she did it was her first nationals and yeah she did a really good job so and we have a game plan moving forward for next year so awesome exciting yeah that's so cool that you like take on competitors I I love that it's like all I want to do with my life is like I love that every day (laughs) that's so good yeah um should we recap the nationals really quick then yeah that'd be great all right so to everyone who's not uh, watching, who's just listening in on the podcast and audio, we'll, we'll do our best to just um, give, a, uh, give a bit of a description of what we're looking at. But basically, we're just going to pull up the um, pictures of the athletes just in their lineup. So we're just going to recap the top five from each class and just pull up their class, their, their comparison photos as well. So... And yeah, and I, oh, if I may, I really wanted to shout out my friend Tia Ricard, who placed third in her wellness open class at yeah. the national. So amazing That's job, so Tia! Good. Like, brought her best package for sure, and oh just exciting to see wellness athletes dominate as well. Oh That's yes, really she, she looked unbelievable. Um, so let's see. I'm just opening I'm up the. Somebody want to open up the message on Instagram and, and call out the top five? I just sent the, the list there. So the Canadian National Pro Qualifier, this is the largest, probably most competitive um, Canadian Pro Qualifier there is. I mean, I guess the Toronto Pro Show would also rival it, but this yeah. is nationals. Like when you say nationals, you know, this is the show. So we have four pro qualifiers or in Canada, I think. That's all. We have Toronto Pro Qualifier, um, the Vancouver Pro Qualifier, the Natural Nationals, and then Canadian Nationals. So is there another one? No, that's it. That's That's it. Less Ben Weeder, which used to be hosted in Canada every other year. Yeah, I don't, apparently the Ben Weeder isn't going to come back to Canada anymore, so... And let's not forget to mention that we don't give away pro cards per class. You have to win overall and they give one pro card. One. Yeah. Yeah. Did they not give, oh, did they not give two at one of them or they did for wellness maybe? Um, I'm not too sure to be honest. Yeah. I think they did for wellness at one or two shows just to get some wellness pros because it's such a new division but yeah so here like here we have up on the screen we've got the class a lineup right and so whoever wins the class they don't win the pro card only they have to go for the overall and fight seven other girls for it so it's it's really competitive in Canada to turn pro and even looking at the girls on the screen here I mean any of the the women in the top three they could have easily turned pro in in another show and honestly too I really I mean Canada is known for amazing athletes coming out of this country I really do believe that one of the reasons why we have such top tier athletes is because we have to compete for so long before we're pros and then by the time we get out there it's like yeah Mm because we have to fight for so long it's so true yeah those girls look amazing so I have 
Justine Bouchard. That's her here in the middle. Shout out Amazing. to my friend Justine. Is that your friend? She looks yeah, so we good. we met at the Van Pro Show in December last year, and we ended up sitting beside each other and lying down beside each other backstage, and we just really like totally connected, like soul click. She's such a wonderful human. She's a posing coach as well. Yeah, her. I was just gonna say her model poser looks really good. Like oh, yeah. best in the lineup. Like she looks very confident, and her ratios look amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice work, Justine. I watched the show live and I was really blown away by your whole presentation. Yeah. Definitely nailed it. And uh, do you want to list the top five? I'm probably going to butcher some of these names here, but (laughs) we got Justine, we got Jessica Neary, we got Min Pao, Erin Jade, Myriella Rias, Rias, sorry, like I said, but that's Um, our top five in class A. Yeah, and I will give a shout out to Jess here. Um, she just competed in North Americans and got second place as well. But to get second in North Americans is huge, like, she is a really good athlete. So, yeah, I watched her in North Americans and I really like her physique. Oh my gosh, so much! I mean, she's got like Maureen vibes totally like just the fullness and roundness of her or of her muscle bellies like it's just man there are some good athletes in Canada um this is their back pose here so um you can see any of like to anyone watching the YouTube here like you can see any of these three girls here just have like stellar glutes yeah so this is B class yes here this is this is the B class, I think. So B class, I know um, that our gal, if you're watching the blonde gal in the blue purple suit is Sydney Smith. She had won her overall, I believe in um, Vancouver last year at yeah. one of the regional shows and brought such a gorgeous look. So extra shout out to our West Coast girls, Sydney. Mm. Um, so in the center here in first, we have Amina El Fanturi who has incredible shape, like undoubtedly beautiful shape. Yeah, she's a new, she's a new competitor as well. Yeah, I've been watching her journey the last couple months. And uh, yeah, she looks amazing. Absolutely. Looks so good. Um, and next to her, we have Mary Lou Charette, um, another competitor that I've personally seen growing over the years, like bringing amazing looks, placing very well at national pro qualifiers. And I know it's only a matter of time for her. Yeah, yeah. she looks really great. Like I love her, like the line down her, her leg and glute, love that. Absolutely. Is Is that their back pose there? No, that's the next class. These are the back poses here. Like, look at those, look at the glutes in this whole lineup here for like all top five They're That's amazing. Yeah, so round, so high. Yeah. Really nice. So this is C class. This is my class. And I actually competed against three these three girls here, all in blue, um, twice last year. How tall are you, Allison? I'm five foot three. This is this is C class. Yeah. So Maggie won our class at the natural nationals. Um, and she's won it again here. So she's She's a really good competitor. She has incredible shape and presence and like femininity to her look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Yeah, and then we got Natasha. Yeah, 
and, and she, she got she ended up in second yeah she looks jacked yeah she is a really <laughs> really nice like development everywhere um really good presentation as well and like confidence on stage and then I also competed with Estera here who is one of like the sweetest humans I've ever met and so here's their back pose and again like another lineup with beautiful glutes but you can see Maggie in the middle she's got like these perfect teardrop glute shape those those have like Maureen vibes as well yeah yeah totally and this is the D class yeah this was a big class so we have another local girl here her name's Carly and she has placed very high at pro qualifiers in the past before as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really cool. Dan Pro, I believe she won her class and was in the overall close to contending for pro card this past year. Yeah. And who was the winner of this class? What's this girl's name? I believe that's Morgan. Morgan Carter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I've been following her journey for a long time too, like quite a long time. And her glutes are nice. Yes, they are. Like, I mean, between her and yeah, between her and Carly, like those are some insane glutes. Carly's glutes are quite developed, actually. Wow. I wish I watched this live. I wish I had glutes like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you and me both. All right, and here is this is class is this E class? Yeah. Yeah, this is class E. So our class E winner was actually our overall winner and our pro card winner. Yeah. Um, She immediately, when I watched the show, she stepped on stage and um, when she hit her back pose, I was like, it's pretty much all over. Yeah. Well, even before the show had happened, I forget which one of you had sent her into our group chat and we were all like, damn. She did a show, yeah, like a week ago or two weeks ago or something. And we were like, oh my God, that those glutes yeah. like it's really all about the glutes and bikini um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um but I've actually been following I I'm probably gonna butcher the pronunciation I know she's French Canadian so I think it's Gianni Gianni anyway she's I've been following her for a, a very long time like since she was a beginner and she's always had like the most insane shoulder to waist to glute ratio um and which one is that sorry that's her in the middle there. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and shout out to Simona Mengming here as well. She's just such a, I've, I've competed at shows with her before and she's a really good competitor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was honestly a really tough class because I do believe that Shona, um, she actually won the master's pro card at this show as well. So two pro oh, card wow. winners in the same class. Oh, wow. Wait, which one is she? She's the second from the left in this photo. Oh, with the the dark uh, blue suit here. Yes. Oh yeah. Masters. Um, I know thirty five plus, right? Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She competed at Van Pro this year as well and won her class. And I was like, yeah, she's she's gonna do very well if she continues on. Oh yeah. yeah. And our last class. This is the, I think this is the tallest class. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, Gabrielle, you've actually competed against Michaela before. Michaela is in the purple here with the blonde hair in the center, and she, she's won. 
we're both at uh, Van Isle Showdown in 2021, placing yeah. her placing first, and I'm a close, hopefully a close second behind. Um, but yeah, she has a gorgeous musculature, like amazing look every time she steps on stage. And it was pretty undoubtable that she would place first in this class, and she did. So congrats, Michaela. Very well done. Gorgeous package. Yeah, Michaela's such a sweetheart, actually. I love her. And I love her balance, like top to bottom. Like everything is just so balanced on her physique too. Very yeah. Good. She's got some great hamstrings. Oh my God. They're, they're beautiful. So then. Whole package too is just so pretty. Oh yeah. And then we're all, we're just looking at pictures of Gianni. Um, wow. Like this is the pro card winner. Yeah. This is incredible. Like this is something that I. I'm like, I don't think I could ever do this in my life, like look like that. But that's what you you have to keep. You have to keep aspiring. <laughs> it's like borderline wellness. Like the shape. Honestly, so I don't, I, I see what you mean. Maybe that her quads are certainly like dominant, but I truly think she has the balance that really makes this bikini. So yeah, incredible. And it's hard to say too, like once you're on the pro stage, it's a different game. Like I've seen, I've seen many girls like win pro cards in Canada and I'm like, wow, they look too muscular. And then you put them on the pro stage and they fit right in. Like you, it's like, like I wasn't saying that in a negative way. Oh no. But I mean, just for the listeners and for beginners too, like when you're looking at these athletes, like if there's somebody new in the, um, like in the sport, if you like I remember thinking like, wow, they look so like muscular and then you put them on the pro stage and they, that's just it. Like, it's so competitive in Canada. Like you said earlier, Ash, like you just slide right into the top placings yeah. at pro shows. Like it is quite insane to like see the difference between like even the pro qualifiers and then the pro shows. Cause you're so right. It's like next level. <laughs> it, it's almost unreal. Like I think I don't know for me at least like I watch a lot of pro shows and I am so like desensitized to how muscular they are and like how well developed they are that like I can critique them and compare them to each other but I'm forgetting like just at what level they are like if you see them in 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 person like you're it 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 doesn't translate like you can't believe what you're seeing with your own eyes in person Mm -hmm. So moral of the story is keep growing. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, keep growing, exactly. Always, always growing. Okay, well, that was our little national Gorgeous. Recap. Yeah, congrats to everyone. Yeah, amazing job, everybody. It's crazy to think about, like, I had planned to step on that stage. I'm, like, literally so, so, so thankful that I didn't. It was probably the best decision that I could have made, but it's always a little bit of... um. Like a little bit of FOMO whenever that happens. I get that. Yeah. Because I've actually competed at that show before. Um, I won my class at that show in 2018. And it honestly was one of the most fun shows I've ever done was that one. I loved it. Oh, that's good. What um, class would you have been in? D or E? No, I like it's. I swear I'm like in a different class every show like sometimes I'm in C sometimes I'm in D sometimes I'm in E I've been in F so it just depends right if they're go up to class or H but yeah yeah like for anyone who doesn't 
fully understand how the classes work. It does depend on the show size, how many girls are in bikini or whichever division that can um, allow them to increase the number of class sizes. So you won't always be in the same height class unless you're probably the shortest or the tallest. Like Yeah, and I'm like, I'm five, five and a half. So I like, I'm, I'm like always put in literally the biggest effing class. <laughs> I'm the, like, I'm a very average height. So my class is always like ginormous. So sometimes I even like split us up into two. I've only ever been in bikini C in all 12 shows I've done. And it's really? always, yeah. And it's, again, it's always a huge class because it's one of the middle classes. Right. So yeah. yeah. How tall are you, Gabby? Five seven and something on show day oh yeah <laughs> yeah but usually five eight. Oh yeah yeah so um shall we move into some of these exciting questions that we got online yeah I'm so excited so we put out a question box a few times during the week um for all of you guys to ask us some questions so we'll have some like a little bit more extensive ones and then we'll have some like little rapid fire ones too so um, I have mine ready. Do you, are you guys all ready? I'm ready to answer. That's for sure. I mean, I put a bunch up on the, like on our notepad. So um, yeah, go for it, Ash. Okay. So I kept mine a secret. So you guys can think of any answers beforehand. Oh, exciting. But I got some good ones, actually. Um, I really liked this one. And yeah, so... Someone asked, why do people think they can coach clients after doing one competition or only training for a few years? That's a loaded question, but why don't we like keep it to the beginning part of after doing one competition? So this, let's just look at this from the view of coaching competition clients, coaching bodybuilding clients, not. So I also want to add on to that because I think it was the same person. They asked this question multiple times in different wording. So I guess another way that they put it was, do you think it's fair that people are paying good money to coaches and trainers that haven't been working, like haven't been, or sorry, that don't have a lot of experience? Mm. a loaded question because all of us are coaches or trainers in some aspect I think the question really is this is what I gather from it is I think the person is asking like why do people think it's okay to do that I agree a little bit um when I started coaching competition clients I think I had been competing for three years and I had done like eight shows and I had done like some courses and read so many books and it just it became like my became the only thing I ever focused on or thought about all day long from the moment I woke up to the moment I fell asleep and I think for me it was like when I felt 150% confident that I could handle whatever situation may arise what happens if somebody starts losing weight too quickly? What happens if they need a diet break? Do you know what to do in a peak week? Like, do you understand if you, if somebody needs a refeed day or not, or like when to push, when to pull? And I think there's a lot that it just, there's a lot to understand and so many things that you need to know how it feels too. I yeah. think 
like it, you need to know what it feels like to be stage lean for a long time to understand what you're doing to somebody who's signing up for a prep as well. So I'm kind of on their side by saying you should really know what you're doing. Um, people put a lot of money and a lot of effort into bodybuilding. Like I, I don't even know how much money I've spent on bodybuilding in the last like six years. Um, yeah. And, and how much this is somebody's dream. This is their life for some people, a lifelong goal. And so I think you need to respect that. And um, it's not, it's not a joke. It's not like a, Oh, cool. It would be really cool if I could have prep clients because it looks fancy and it makes me look like a good coach or like, I think it needs to be taken really seriously. And I think my opinion on that has grown stronger and stronger over the years because I respect the sport so much, not because I think someone's a bad trainer or because they've only done one show, they shouldn't coach. But, um, I think, I I think personally, like if you're taking the fact that you did one show as okay I did one show now I can take clients I think that is a little bit maybe maybe don't um but if you do one show and you have like mass amounts of education behind you that's like something completely different as well and as the client it's up to you to do the research on the coach that you're choosing so if you're choosing a coach based off the fact that they did one show that's kind of up to you and the question where they ask like do you think it's fair that people are paying lots for uneducated coaches that just goes back to the client like you made that choice you should ask the questions before you sign up with a coach you should you should do your research on that person before you choose them and if you choose someone based off that they did one show then maybe you should do a little bit more research and educate yourself first yeah and I think people need to price themselves accordingly totally Uh. Yeah, but people won't. I think this most simple way to answer the question is like, why do people do it? Because they can. Yeah. <laughs> because somebody will, probably someone they know who has seen their transformation would just buy into it, right? Because they don't understand that someone's coaching them through every sip of water, every bite they take, every time they train. Like it's a really intense process. So they think, oh, if someone else was able to do it, that's testament to me being able to compete or to be able to get that lean. And that person who got there doesn't mean they can get you there. So it is major key. Like people will do it because they can, but man, it, it just because they've competed in a show doesn't mean they can prep a client. That is such a good point too. Don't always choose your coach based on what they look like. Yeah, uh, there are. And it's the same, man, this is a whole different topic, but like, there are some people who anyone could coach them to win a show because of their genetics. So uh, there's somebody that no matter what they do, they're going to win the show. And then they start coaching people and and they look so good. So it's not always what your coach looks like either. I mean, some of the top, uh, top coaches in the industry are not the most like beautiful models out there, but they are, incredibly educated and experienced so yeah 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 you guys question sorry that was like worded badly in the beginning but thanks for hanging on with me okay what's some questions that you guys have oh I had a good one um so I had a question asking 
if there's any intimidation um, when you're doing a competition and they kind of meant it in the case of as a female there's going to be lots of men looking at you when you're you know on stage or maybe sharing your posts online so did you ever feel intimidated by this happening or what was your experience um from like a male female perspective I think that's the um how, the vibe I got from the question so let's answer it like that okay um personally no um because when I go up there I'm not focused on anybody else but myself and the judges and when I'm posting on Instagram I know there's going to be some thirsty thirsty dudes out there um but I don't post for anyone but myself so I personally don't don't really feel that way but yeah and when it comes to like female and female I don't feel intimidated either because um I don't know it's it's a lot more happy and supportive than people from the outside would assume Mm -hmm. um there can be intimidation for beginners if they've never been on stage before they've never done a show before like it, it can feel a little scary but the more and more you do it, the more comfortable it becomes. Like I always say that show day is just like any other day to me now. Like I'm just like, you kind of get to know what to expect from it. Right. Um, but in terms of guys staring at me, like maybe the opposite, like, I feel like I intimidate them. Like wouldn't some guy be intimidated by some like badass like weightlifting, like chick who looks super hot on stage. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, I I love that perspective yeah but I I was considering in this question too was the intimidation part for me was definitely not on show day but more so when I was training in the gym up to my show day there were certain um, leanness stages in my physique where you you know you don't look quite healthy or like beautiful like you do on show day and that's when I would get the stairs and I would kind of overthink them I hate being stage lean I hate it same same I actually totally feel yeah it's not almost an an intimidation it's like well for me personally like it's almost I wouldn't say embarrassed but like almost a little bit like I feel like I'm like I don't usually look like this like don't judge me off this you know I'm not actually dying I want to hide yeah yeah that's when like the big 3xl hoodies come out and the sweats Mm, yes I can't wait till we um we'll just kind of plug it but there might be some hoodies and sweats coming from our name (laughs) yeah um I have a really fast one we can answer um what's your favorite food oh like favorite savory dish I guess oh yeah oh yum Gabby I can't wait to come to your house and eat curry curry (laughs) oh curry (laughs) since always since always not just because I'm a brown boyfriend from forever (laughs) yeah that's a good choice I'd probably have to say pizza but specifically pizza hut don't judge me oh my god I'm judging I'm like so shocked I'm not gonna lie guys I had pizza hut last night okay but that's like that's like pre-op pizza you know you've got to like be ready for surgical day yeah that's what I thought that's what I thought yeah um I'm like a fan of like a good old like falafel and like hummus and tahini wrap like it's like my favorite. I feel that. Okay. What is something you wish someone told you before you did your first show? Honestly, I think the main one for me, having been my own coach, I wish someone had told me to hire a posing coach at least. 
Mm. Um, most people should hire a coach, I think, um, unless they're, as I kind of talked about, like really in depth or like really in tune with their own body. They understand training for a long time. Like I did for like six or five years before understand nutrition to a, a pretty deep level. Um, but yeah, the posing coach was a key that I never thought posing would go be such a big part of this. I thought it was just like go on stage, kind of show your physique, but there's so many details to nail. And yeah, that's one thing I wish I heard before show day. <laughs> I would probably say, I wish somebody told me in the very beginning that just because, just because you signed up with a coach doesn't mean you have to stay loyal to them for years. Mm. Um, that like my very first coach shout out. He was awesome. His name was Dylan. He was a local coach. He, he was awesome, but he was never there in person and he had a family and he had a business and this was kind of just a side gig sort of thing. And he took me far, like we went nationals together and stuff, but um, I think I spent a little bit too much time staying with him um, just because I felt like some kind of loyalty um, to like move forward with my coaching and with my career. So yeah, that's yeah. probably one thing I'd say is you don't have to hold on to that coach um, just to be loyal if you're yeah. feeling like it's time to like progress and try something new. And I, I am a coach and I coach competitive athletes and I literally if any of them asked me that question I would say if you want to try something different like please like I want you to like you have to find what works for you um like some people's approach just doesn't work you know I loved my first coach I was with him for five years and like as a human and as a coach and his dedication to me and everything it was like unparalleled like I I love him with all my heart and like I had to switch because I needed to try something that I thought would work better for my body and it was a really hard decision but um yeah. something I wish somebody told me before my first show would be to take my off seasons and reverse diet as seriously as I am now yeah and I don't say that in like a I went off the rails like I always loved the sport but I, I almost think like the way that I would word it is if you do your first show and you know in your heart that you want to do with this again like for me I was like I'm doing this the rest of my life like and I don't think I understood just how competitive the sport would end up it wasn't as competitive when I started yeah like you could just walk on stage and like do pretty good you know yeah. but like I wish that I, so to anyone now, like, if you know that you love it, like take it seriously all the time. And, and some people will say that's not balanced, but like I live, eat, sleep and breathe like a bodybuilder every single day of my life. And I think my life is so balanced. Like, yeah. so, you know, um, so yeah, that's what I would say, I guess. Yeah. I like that. Um, I have a good one. Somebody asked me, how do you manage the post-show weight gain and the image of lo losing that stage leanness? That's almost one that relates, I think, to every single competitor because there is no way in you should or can stay the same way you do on show day. Like you're going to gain weight. Um, yeah. It's not always going to be quick and unhealthy and make you feel terrible about yourself but after your first show especially if you don't have a coach that helps you with a proper reverse diet it likely will happen and I hate to say that but that is a reality of the sport it if you have to be on it from two days after your show I mean have a good meal have a cheat meal or whatever but be on it right away 
um, the best way to manage it is just to nip it in the bud. Don't let it happen. Like, um, and that doesn't mean you need to be quite as restricted as you are in your prep, but just be smart about the decisions you make. Like you're going to be acting based off something like a story you're telling yourself because your body is hungry. It is really hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like what, don't, what was don't the exact off your emotions? Sorry. What was the exact wording? How do you manage the post-show weight gain and the image of losing stage leanness? Oh man, I don't know who I don't know how lean this person got that asked that, but like we all just said, I hate being stage lean like more than anything. Like I have no boobs. I have no bum. I look like a little child. My face is so skinny. I feel like I look 10 years older. Like I question all the time. I'm like, do I even want to compete again? Like I feel so cute right now. Like even if I'm not like stage lean. Um, but so I don't know. Uh, eventually like you, you can get to miss having the curves again. Um, but yeah, I think like Gabby has said, like you have to take it really seriously um, because your health literally depends on it. Like I've usually had pretty good reverse diets and off seasons, but this year, like a thousand and one things happened and I have had the hardest off season I've ever had in my life. Like I didn't even think I would ever have an off season like this. Like I gained way more than I wanted to. And a lot of it kind of in a way like needed to happen. Like I was very lean and I got the virus that was going around and I'd been lean for a long time and I'd been dieting for a long time. And I just mentally and physically, like my body just needed some fuel and some food, but um, it can quickly get out of hand. And even though I've been competing for years and it can still kind of escape from you if you don't really like sit down and have a conversation with yourself and say like, look, you, you need to do this because you're taking care of your body. Like you just put it through a very rigorous process. Like it deserves care and attention in the reverse diet and in the off season. And um, yeah, I think it's, you're physiologically like battling extreme hunger. Like your body is so hungry that your mind is not thinking as clearly. And when you start gaining weight, um, actually like your, which one is it? I'm getting all confused now. Like your ghrelin is like your hunger hormone, right? So your leptin is your satiety hormone. So it's actually produced and stored in body fat. So when you have like a very low body fat percentage, like you literally have less of the satiety hormone. And so when you start gaining your body fat back, um, it takes a while for your body to actually start producing that again. So you can be gaining body fat so quickly and still be as starving as you were a month before. Like, so gaining weight more quickly doesn't always mean that you're going to be less hungry. Um, and that's something that I really learned this off season. Cause I was like, I'm so ready to just put the weight back on and like not be hungry. And I, like, I knew this fact, but like, still, I, that was the story I was telling myself, like, to, yeah, but again, I was still hungry two months later, even though I'd gained way more than I wanted. So anyway, yeah, yeah I'd probably say like, I'll keep mine short, but um, to manage the post show, it's just like, you prepped, this is what I tell myself, 
you prepped, you can off season. Like <laughs> you can, if you prepped, you can off season. So don't be a bitch, just do it. And like, I, it's hard, but so is prep. You push yourself through that. You can push yourself through this too. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, you just have to take it just as serious. That's, that's like the key. And like for the image of like losing the leanness too, you just have to be super objective with your body. If you're going to like continue competing, like you have to be okay with that fluctuation and you have to be okay with seeing your body in different stages and learning to love yourself through that or else competing, like you will not go far with competing. It just won't be possible because you can't stay in that leanness. It's not healthy. And you also don't want to blow up because that's not healthy either. Yeah. Um, I just want to also say that for most people, yes, this is dependent, but for most people, it's perfectly acceptable to be 20 pounds above stage weight that I promise, like it is That's what I'm at. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm sitting at like a leaner off season than I've ever have. And I'm 20 pounds above stage weight. Yeah. I'm 23 and yeah. And that's like pretty good for me. Mm-hmm. Like I got up to 30 and I'm like, I'm not going back there <laughs> anymore this off season. Maybe I will again in the future. But yeah. yeah, I was 30. And here's the, also, here's the other thing too, that you have to remember is the more fat that you gain in your off season, the more fat you're going to have to lose during your prep, which inevitably will mean you might lose more muscle in that process as well. So the, like the, less fat that you gain, the less fat you have to lose and the more muscle you get to keep. Yeah. So that's what you also have to think about too. Ash just like telling it straight. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I don't remember whose question it was, but someone was asking, what is your take on coaches pushing SARMs or steroids on their clients? Um, I don't believe in pushing anything. If a client wants to do it, they will say that um I don't believe in pushing anything on anybody that's like that's putting substances into your body and you have to be personally very confident in that decision and you have to be comfortable with that as well so I don't think that it should be pushed on anybody I think that's the major key right is like the tough part about prep is that it puts you into the mentality of like all or nothing or I've got to do whatever it takes to get there so if you're not you know, critically thinking as it goes and a coach says, you're going to need to take this to get there. Suddenly it just goes along with anything else that coach is telling you from doing hours of cardio or really restricting your food. Like you have to kind of still use your brain through this process and not just trust someone to, to know what's best for your body. So it is an all or nothing process. You have to give your all to be your best on stage but that doesn't mean just listen to someone else's plan for your body that you have to live in the rest of your life and just take yes. it without thinking. Please. Think. Here's the thing too, with like playing off of what you just said, Gabby, it's mm-hmm. like when you hire a coach, you are hiring that coach. Your coach works for you. Like you don't work for that coach. The coach works for you. So not saying to like go against or question everything that your coach is saying, because you obviously hired them for a reason, but you're right. You can use your own brain in that sense too. So if you're not feeling comfortable with something, like you need to voice it or ask your coach why. Question. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I um, I literally had this conversation an hour before we recorded with somebody just talking about the effects that any 
performance enhancing drugs or steroids or SARMs, which are selective androgen receptor modulators. So like they're kind of like a pseudo steroid. It's a bit of a gray area. Um, But a lot of young girls are taking this and I'm like going to sound like coach mom here, but like I just see lots of lots of young girls very young 19 20 21 like taking these things you don't know what it's going to do to your body Mm -hmm. 10 years from now well that's the thing too especially with SARMs right like there is a lot of research basically so I mean I've seen other athletes like have extreme success with taking SARMs or with taking other um, performance and enhancing drugs but just be aware that there can and likely will be long-term impacts and you don't know how that's going to impact your hormonal health or ability to have children. I mean, there are some horror stories out there. Um, Victoria Felpnar, she's a, a hormonal specialist. She's got a PhD and she works with athletes on um, fixing their blood work issues from having steroid abuse, basically, and lots of women that like trying to help them have the ability to have children again. So if somebody's pushing you to take something um, and it doesn't sit right in your gut, like listen to that feeling. I've had things pushed towards me and I've had very like conflicting thoughts about it because I've been in this a long time and I'm still not a pro and I'm like, well, maybe I should just take this or maybe I should just do that. And like, if it doesn't sit right, then don't do it. You know? I also believe too that like, you should see how far you can possibly go before introducing anything like that. Like, that's the one thing that I see a lot is like a lot of amateurs are like, oh, well, I'm just going to jump on stuff like right off the bat. And it's like, like you said, you don't know what this is. You don't even know if you like it fully or like the score or want to (laughs) continue. I think there should be like a threshold where you're like, okay, I've pushed it as far as I can go. And now like, I'm ready to fully take this sport on like a hundred percent in my life and know that there could be consequences from that, but you have to be fully ready for that as well. It's a big decision. Yeah. 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 Especially as a woman, right? Like we have so many more, um, like side effects and stuff like that, that can like come into play. So yeah, just be careful. And sorry, one more point on it is have somebody who is educated that can help you through like if you are wanting to try something for instance like my younger brother he had a coach who got him on this crazy cycle and it was like destroying his insides because the person that he had been like relying on just wasn't educated so make sure whoever is guiding you through a cycle is educated yes and wants to educate you yes that's (laughs) also really important I know we could talk about this forever but like if a coach withholds information from you to make themselves seem so smart and that like you'll won't rely like you can't rely on that you like you need to rely on them and that they're the only one that can like get you where you need to go and that's kind of like a fear tactic and I don't love that either but yeah, yeah I feel like we could talk about it forever but Mm-hmm. um I'll ask the next question okay, okay how I think this one was like aimed at me but we can all answer um but how do you stay on your nutrition in the off season with no coach so I think that um 
it doesn't look like I have a coach, but I do because <laughs> I, I don't post a ton in my off season. Um, but I have coached myself in off seasons before. So I think, or maybe this is somebody that doesn't have a coach um, and like wants to know how to stay on top of it. And I think that it really depends on how your prep was set up. Like if you decided to sign up for a prep and you were given like a very strict meal plan or like a like just one basic meal plan that is for prep, you don't really have any skills to transfer that into an off season. Like, do you know how to build your own meals? Do you know how to have balanced meals? Like, do you know approximately how many calories you should be eating? Like, those are things that a coach can help you with. But again, like, I think it would be really, really beneficial to work with a coach that can help teach you those things so that you, even if you just work with them for like three months, those three months, like might give you the skills to help you eat a balanced, healthy diet and stay on top of your nutrition for the rest of your life. Like it is such an investment. And I don't say that as a coach, cause I'm like, want to make money. Like I literally like believe in that. Like I wouldn't like, where I am today with the eating disorders I had in the past, if I didn't invest in learning how to eat. So, um, and then that thing you can do it for yourself and then you don't need your coach all of the time. So any other thoughts on that? I think, I think the wording in the question was really crucial for me is when someone is saying, stay up on your nutrition, it sounds like it's a grueling, horrible, restricted process. Mm. And the best way for me to not feel I have to stay up on something is to make sure I don't feel restricted. And yeah. so that's going to feel and look different for every athlete, every person. But for myself, that is, I still do measure most of my meals and count my macros or calories. Like it's not that stressful for me to do that. So and that way I can include many different foods into my diet and not feel I'm restricted or limited to something like in an off season. Like I can live my life and I can be very happy and I don't feel I have to stay up on nutrition. And so what, there's a few days that I don't track or I have cook with my, my family and have a totally untracked meal. It doesn't stress me out. Like I, I feel like I'm in the right place for my body, but I, that to me looks like I need to have some, um, some tracking involved. Yeah, I agree with you, Gabby. Um, that's my take on it. And that's kind of how I help navigate my clients as well Is I'm a huge advocate for counting macros, especially off season and lifestyle. I, I really, really like that approach personally. And um, when I switched over to Fit Body Fusion with Jamie, that was the approach that we started taking. And it honestly, it, it literally changed my life. I, I did um, use that approach like throughout my preps as well, which was, which I don't, I don't like for newer athletes. I don't agree with counting macros for preps for um, like brand new athletes, um, but I loved it for like myself who've been competing since 2015. And I, um, yeah. And in my off season too, like I, I have a coach, I need that. <laughs> I'm a person that can go off the rails pretty easily too. So, um, like you said, like not being restricted is, is so, so key for me. So just counting my macros and having that flexibility. Um, I'm a snack addict. So my coach actually gives me a certain amount of calories that are, set aside straight up for snacks each. I do that with my my clients too I'm yeah like, it's like my have this many calories throughout the week you want to go go ham on one meal go for it you want to like yeah. divide it up like yeah, yeah. I give them a cheat meal. yeah 
yeah so that's how I like to do it and like you said too if if it ever comes to it where I don't have something tracked like last night having my pizza hut and stuff like that like I just don't feel bad because I track 85 percent of the time and yeah just not being restricted I hate tracking. I'm just gonna, I have to throw that out. I hate it. I hate tracking macros. I hate counting every single bite of every single food that I eat every day, like so much. And I love my new coach. He's wonderful. And I trust his guidance, but like he does macros and I'm like, I, my brain doesn't work that way. That's not what I did for years. So for me, like I like to build my day mentally in my head of like what I want my food to look like based on how I want to feel every day. And I find that I'm constantly reaching for the same things. Like I love having my like healthy oatmeal and fruit and nuts in the morning. And I love having like a nice salad at lunch and, you know, like maybe some eggs, like, like an egg or wrap or something for dinner or, you know, like I just, I'm always reaching for foods that make me feel good. Like that's kind of my like motto is like, does your food make you feel good? So I guess that's why I do like the tracking the macros too, because Mm -hmm. I do do that. And like, for instance, when I first like signed up with my coach, I had been on a meal plan for six, six years. And so I I even asked her, I was like, cause I was nervous. I was like, man, like, do you, can you set me up with a meal plan? And she's like, just make your own then. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I guess I could do that. So I did do that. And I did eat essentially almost the same thing every day. But if I was like, oh, I really don't want that chicken and rice meal. I'm going to have salmon and potatoes instead. Yeah. That's how I, matter, yeah. You know? That's how I do it with my clients too. Like you can just choose whatever you want to eat, but still just have like balanced meals and yeah. a balanced diet. So well, yeah, hopefully that's helpful then. I think that was answered from like different opinions and perspectives and yeah I remember Ash you had a really sort of a fun controversial question about bikini athletes and like are they actually suffering right yes let me bring that one up (laughs) we need this about that one I have a lot to say on this one (laughs) too let me get the exact wording Oh, I have a lot to say on this one. Wow, my head is just spinning right now. Alice, it's sweating. <laughs> Do you think bikini athletes respect what it's actually like to suffer in a prep, like the other categories where you need to be at a difficult, to be at a difficult level of body fat? Okay, so essentially they're asking... Do bikini athletes respect the fact that other categories have to get much leaner and we apparently, allegedly, don't suffer? I'm just going to say, um, to put it in perspective, in a number-wise, my caloric intake during prep was just about 1,300. My caloric burn was about 4,000. I was dropping a pound a day for over a week. So yes, I respect the fact that we also suffer. That's an intense deficit. That is an intense deficit. I think I was in like a thousand calorie deficit a day for like a month. Yeah, so I personally feel like yes bikini girls do have to suffer bikini girls do train hard just because we're not as like shredded or big or whatever as the other people it doesn't take away the fact that our preps are fucking hard too 
Muscle is built the same way, you guys. Dieting is done the same way. You build muscle by putting your muscles under a mechanical load and under tension. And your body then like is utilizing fuel and nutrients to repair those muscles and to build those muscles. That process is identical whether you are a 14-year-old girl or a 62-year-old man. Like it doesn't matter. Like that is like how muscle is built, like cell by cell. And yeah. body fat is lost in the same way. So um there is a lot of body fat to pull off of some people. And so that's why I said there's a lot I have to say about this too, because some people do it to themselves. I've done it to myself. Um, Gabby mentioned a 30 pound uh, weight loss in <laughs> too, right? Like 30 pounds, wow. like that's a lot. And like, yeah. So, I mean, it is hard. Imagine pulling 30 pounds off in, in 16 weeks, yeah. male bodybuilders do it, but think about the fact like a lot of male bodybuilders should be up 30 to 40 pounds, but they're 260 pounds. So in comparison to their body weight, it's not as much. Mm -hmm. And when you're pulling that much weight off and you're dieting that hard and you're in that severe of a deficit, like now keep in mind, if you're a natural athlete, like a male bodybuilder is taking anabolic steroids. Right. So I, I remember, you know, um, someone talking to me about how when I was talking about how hard my prep was and how I wanted to make some changes and put some more carbs back in my diet and um they said oh well Regan Grimes was on no carbs for two weeks and I'm like Regan Grimes is on anabolic steroids like you have a way different relationship with food and with dieting um and recovery and muscle maintenance when you're when you have those enhancements, when you have the help of, of drugs. So it can be extremely difficult for bikini athletes to get as lean as they need to get. And the category is so much different than it used to be. Um, but like, I mean, that's not to say like male bodybuilders are hurting. Like I'm not just talking about like men's physique or classic physique. I'm talking like open bodybuilders, like, like they're at like four, percent body fat like I will never know what that feels like but I know what it feels like to wake up and see stars and to sit down and hurt and to reach for something in my joint yeah. hurts like and you I, you put your hand on your face like this and your face hurts like yeah I feel like I definitely respect the fact that other categories do have to get leaner um that's like it's not a hidden fact that they do get leaner than us um but the suffering we all suffer it all yeah it's all fucking hard and I think the term suffering is very subjective as well um I wouldn't say that in all of my preps I don't know if I've got to the place of suffering that one needs to how because I I also don't believe I've ever been stage lean so there's that but there are you know, female hormone disadvantages anyways. And bikini athletes aren't, if they're taking something like a performance enhancing drug, they're not going to be taking enough to really um, balance out the fact that they're still in a hardcore deficit. Like other female categories do have to get leaner. They have to see, you know, the veins, the striations, you know, have the size. So they do take more, um, potentially take more uh, performance enhancing drugs. Whereas if bikini athletes do that, they suddenly don't look bikini anymore. So we yeah. are having to achieve a level of leanness without as much help. Um, yeah. And I hope that other categories can respect and understand that as well. Yeah, 
Um, I had one or there was one question saying, um, when what do you do when you've had invested time and money and your coach stops caring about you? Like I haven't had an experience of being, you know, coached by someone and then having someone leave. Like I feel like that'd be devastating. But we also need to think about what does your coach stop caring about you really mean? Because I feel like there's some situations it's obvious, right? Like they don't respond to your check-ins or like they completely don't talk to you on your show day or something horrible. Like that's, yeah, never talk to that person again. But if it's something that's just like a miscommunication or just because you have like a prep brain and you're feeling emotional that you're missing out on some detail, like just communicate first if you're feeling some way. Don't just assume that coach doesn't care about you because coaches have lives too. Maybe they went away with their family for a couple of days and there wasn't good internet. I'm just going out there saying just talk to them first and just confirm if it's actually them not caring or if there was something else that happened. Yeah, that's yeah. probably a better <laughs> I know Ash is right. <laughs> See ya. Kind of off. No, you're so right though, Gabby, for real. Yeah. It's a I, situation. Yeah. yeah, I think mention it too. I mean, I have some athletes that I just think are like those kind of like every check-in, they're like five out of five on nutrition, five out of five on training, five out of five on cardio, like don't need any help. I'm doing great. And then all of a sudden, like I'll be like, they'll say like, Hey, I'm really struggling. Or like, I haven't really got a lot of feedback from you lately. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, let's hop on the phone. Let's have a call. Like what's going on. And then you, you know, but cause you just don't know that they need more support or, um, I don't know for me. I mean, I, like I had like a death in the family this year. I went through depression this year. I went through a breakup this year. I lost my job this year. Like, and I would just try and message my clients and be like, wow, like I just had this super traumatic thing happen. Like I'm going to be a day or two late on the check-in responses or, you know, and mostly like they're pretty good about it or, but it, it can happen. So it doesn't mean your coach doesn't care. They could just have something like really, really shitty happen in their life too. So like they're human beings as well. And I think, um, a conversation is definitely worth having, um, but if, if it's very obvious that they don't, that, that their that just care and attention isn't there, like you should feel like they want you to be as successful as you want to be successful or more. Yeah. I will say too, like for to have a coach, like let's say that you're like coming into like the final weeks of your prep and then they decide to start dipping, then yeah, the conversation like 100% needs to be had because those are detrimental times and if your coach is kind of like leaving you high and dry on like really important times, like then yeah, have the conversation, but definitely consider that, like take that into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen people abandoned by their coaches. So yeah, it can happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So ladies, um, we have a question asking whether you buy rent or make your own bikini. What's the best option for you? So personally, I've only bought my own bikinis. My very first one, I was on more of a budget. So I actually bought a plain bikini and jeweled it myself, which was fun. Um, and then my other one, I, my other couple. So I've bought some in the past where, again, I was a little bit more on a budget. So I just didn't get them fully jeweled. 
Um, and then this year I was able to buy myself my dream suit, fully jeweled. And yeah, but I've only bought it. But honestly, if you're on like more of a budget, renting is an amazing option as well. Like for real. I think renting is a great option for absolute beginners that are unsure if they'll do this again. I think that's a really good choice. Rent or borrow from a friend. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I think there's the benefits of renting as well as if you don't know what color or like vibe you that fits you is rent a suit and just get the judges feedback. Um, yeah. Because it is expensive to buy your own suit and say it's a color that really, I don't know, you either think, oh, I don't think I love that. Or the judges say, hey, you could try this color, then you have to, you know, sell your suit or like buy another suit and it's just a hassle. So there are some benefits to renting. If you're creative, like you two ladies, definitely making your own is really sweet as well. There's lots of companies that sell like suit bases and then you could add your own crystals. And I'm pretty sure you could hit up either Ash or Allison because they've done it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have always had to get mine made because I have rather large natural boobs that stay there. <laughs> so I can't just like run into like, yeah, a company and be like, oh, can I grab one of those suits off the rack? Because it will not fit my rack. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all going to change this year. Anyways. So yeah, okay. I, I'm a huge advocate for renting. Renting is, renting is a great option. I have always bought plain suits and rhinestoned them myself well I did that for my first suit that I bought I bought it from a local suit maker plain and I added my own crystals um and I really enjoyed it it made me feel like very personally connected to my suit um like I just really enjoyed the feeling of like being that connected to what I'm wearing on stage like I loved that and then I actually got a suit sponsor and I did not expect it whatsoever. So if you are even new in the sport, um, apply for these sponsorships. You never know your story might resonate. And that's literally what happened for me. Vera, this woman from Canada, she started her own suit company. Um, It's no longer around at the moment, but she put out a call for suit, like for athletes. And I applied and like hundreds of people applied and I'd only ever done two shows. I was new and she picked me and I said, why did you pick me? And she just said like, your story sounded so sincere, like how much you loved the sport. And I'm like, Oh my God. So you never know, like apply to sponsorships, you guys. Um, That's a really good way to make money. So I got to wear one, two, three, three different suits uh, that she made custom for me. And I, I got, I mean, I sent them back so she could sell them to make some money back on it, but like I got to wear those suits. And since then though, like I was so involved in the suit making process with her and picking exact stone colors and suit colors and um, that I just love that. So I've, the, the next two suits that I wore, um, that I've worn, I've bought them plain and, and rhinestones them myself as well. So like for me, I just think it's so much fun mine that I got made and fully crystalled and everything myself was like 300 bucks like fully rhinestoned too so um. yeah, I actually went through a really cool process of um I had like a FaceTime meeting with one of the girls who works for the company and like we went through like you said Allison like all of the stones and the fabric and the cut and the like everything and it was just like it's really fun to like be a part of the the process and then getting your suit too and seeing like your vision come to life I actually cried when I opened up my suit this year I was like oh my god it's so beautiful 
it it really is it's so nice the the prep brain emotions don't really uh, help that right (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. cry over anything (laughs) all right all right guys well thank you for listening to the second episode of overall package podcast you can find us on instagram at overall package podcast and i believe all of ours are linked there i'm astronaut fit mine is allison and fitness and i'm gabrielle folietta <laughs> all right guys bye bye <laughs>